Welcome to Yellow Mensa, exploring cross-centered contextual justice in the South African context. Yellow Mensa is of course a ministry of Isabambano Center for Biblical Justice. You can follow us as usual on Twitter at Yellow Mensa. I am your host, David Kluter, and with me is John Skippers, the founder of Isabambano Center for Biblical Justice. Uh, today, we're going to talk about gentrification, what it is, how does it affect us here in Cape Town, both contextually from a contemporary and a historical point of view. Of course, uh, and to help us think through some of these issues, uh, we have um, in the studio with us uh, a guest uh, here with us at Yellow Mensa. Uh, Drumroll, John. Mame. We have, <laughs> we have Tristan Pingle uh, from Jubilee uh, Level Ground as well. Tristan, you want to tell us a little bit about your background, who you are, where you're at? Um, sure, thanks for having me in your studio, which is around the table of John's kitchen. <laughs> That's great. It's an amazing studio. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm Tristan. I'm not from Cape Town, actually. I grew up in East London, mm-hmm. um, and I came here to study, and then I couldn't resist staying, so I've, I've stayed on. Uh, for a day job, I work um, in the admin department of a church mm-hmm. uh, called Jubilee, and um, I'm also involved at a small NGO called Level Ground which is um, Level Grounds a vehicle for restitution focused on housing. Um, and mm. so it acknowledges the injustices of the past and wow. tries to um, bring about restitution through looking at housing. To get right into our topic uh, for the day, what is gentrification? And why does it have such a bad name? Just to get us started, uh, here's a brief definition, and we can explore this some more. So gentrification. Uh, gentrification is a general term for the arrival of wealthier people in an existing urban area, which results in the increase in rent and property values. This also changes the area's character and culture. The term is often used to uh, use negatively, suggesting the displacement of poor communities by rich outsiders. Those who claim gentrification is a positive, is positive speak of a cleaner neighborhood, or they refer to it as uh, urban renewal. Um, so, getting us into this topic, isn't urban uh, renewal a good thing? In one sense, Tristan? Um, I guess it would be, but in in the case that we're seeing in Cape Town anyway, is that it's a, at the expense of poor people. And so we're seeing rich people benefit um, from uh, a cleaner and nicer looking area, neighborhood, with all the amenities and uh, conveniences that that affords. But all of that is at the expense of poor people. So um, in Saltrov and Woodstock, the church that I work at have um, historic relationships with the community and people from mm-hmm. there come to the church. And over the years, we've seen families moving out mm. of the neighborhood. But yeah. it's not just moving out by choice. I think it's being forced to move out because they can no longer afford to live wow. here. So with urban renewal comes rising property prices mm-hmm. and that sure. means rentals increase. Mm. When rentals increase, people um, get forced out. 
Uh, and also if you're owning property then it becomes an impossible choice if you're getting yeah. offered 2 million rand for a house that cost you 500 rand wow. uh, 30 years ago then of course you're going to take it although to be fair most people particularly in this area so we're actually we're recording right now in Salt River and Woodstock in in that area uh, but most people in this area particularly people who've traditionally lived here don't own their houses yeah. very often well, which, yeah. which also and they've lived there maybe 20, 20, 30, 40, maybe sometimes even generations have lived there. Sure. And they don't own their houses and they've been renting and they haven't been, and at, at some point they weren't able to own those houses even. Yeah. Well, and so that just compounds the whole problem of, of, uh, of dislocation, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that is, this is part of a historic problem mm. in South Africa with some being allowed to own land and yes, others not. not. And mm. so this more modern issue, we're talking about gentrification now, but it is on the back of, hundreds of years of injustice and people being displaced from well displaced from areas but also being excluded from um owning property in mm -hmm. where they're living sure yeah, yeah. Uh, you know you know what what's what's what what really speaks to me about this entire topic is the fact that i have a mother who stays in Alsis river which is not which is not Woodstock area, mm. but I know from people who pay around 250, 300 rand living in those flats in those areas mm. there, that paying that, that money is, is already for her. She's, when she hears my rent, she's like, dude, I can live for three months mm. straight mm. on your rent. Yeah. And I pay about 6,000 rand rent yeah. uh, in this area. Uh, what is it, the uh, Mowbray area? Mm. So I can imagine from from a personal people's perspective, this is this is massive, and it's and it and it, I think the discussion really centers on the idea that it's we're dealing with people, yeah, yeah. more than we're dealing with just mm. this idea of we're trying to make a nice a, a sort of poor looking mm. urban area uh, look making it look a, a little bit better, um, yeah. Yeah, so, so I think along with that is obviously when people um, get displaced, when they can't afford to live here mm. anymore, they have to move 20 to 30 kilometers out of the city center. And so that sure. is, uh, we speak of disruption of people's relationships. Yeah. So wow. you, you don't have access to the schools you used to, your job is now further, um, you know, your kids' family structures. Family structures. Some, some families yeah, have had to, the mum has had to go live far yes. while the kid stays wow. closer. Yeah. So it's not just about... Um, yeah, like you said, it's not just about mm. trying to um, do something, uh, beautify the neighborhood or something. This has really effects on people sure. and families. So if you, if you want to get to the heart of it, if you're asking that question, isn't this a good thing? You get to see the effect, the larger effect this good thing has on people and the community and Cape Town. I want to raise a question because often people look, uh, particularly like uh, an area like Salt River and Woodstock, who perhaps like 20, 30 years ago, I don't know, I, I'm just pulling numbers out of my head sure. here. But I mean, there was an, uh, some social issues. There was a big problem with drugs. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of rundown properties. There were a lot of absentee landlords. Yep. Sometimes it's going on. People are going, so isn't this this upliftment a good thing mm, so yeah. how do we kind of answer that because yeah. you know if drug dens are closing down we've got to say that's probably a good thing right yeah 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 I don't so know. i think you i mean it's probably a bad idea to romanticize what happens in these communities salt right. river woodstock historically are poor 
yeah. neighborhoods mm-hmm. and the issues of poverty are long come along with that. So mm. there are still there's still gang activity happening in the neighborhood and a friend of mine says that Salt River and Woodstock is the gateway to the Cape Flats. So right. if you follow the drug trade that comes through here from the harbor all the way wow. through to the Cape Flats. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and so we can't ignore that. Yes. Uh, mm. and, and the other thing is everyone wants a nice city and a nice neighborhood. So yeah. we all want urban renewal. The problem is when it's reserved for some people. Right. So at yeah. the moment Mm. Um, we can generalize and say mostly white people benefit from yep. uh, the neighborhood looking better and feeling different and the crime rate dropping. So, you know, it's not really solving the problem if you just displace gangsters uh, from Woodstock to somewhere else on the Cape Flats. Yeah. That's not solving the problem. So yeah. you might have statistics showing that crime rates go down and whatever, but you're just displacing that to somewhere else in the city. And at some point, wow. we're going to have to deal with it. Wow. And we're yeah. going to reap the fruit of uh, wow. whatever that means. You exactly. Know? I, I think the, the, the reality is also we've seen that in the past, haven't we? Correct. We've seen that in the past. I mean, we've seen this with District 6. We've seen it with, with other things where, where people want certain land. So people are moved out. And we don't, we don't create, we don't solve it, we don't create a, a new home, wow. a new home, we create, we, we move the problem. Sure. And so, I mean, now we have issues. In How far like, do you want to move the problem? And who or what is the problem? Exactly. Exactly. It's not a what, actually. Yes. The question is, who is the problem? Yes. Yeah. John. Yeah. And that's, I, I think part of the thing is, actually, I read something a while back that, uh, this person was making the link between gangsterism in the Cape Flats yes. and the forced removals in District yes. 6. And so wow. they were saying, actually, if you track this thing, before people were moved from District 6, there wasn't this violent gang culture. Mm-hmm. That there were gangsters and yeah. they did things. But that was like petty crimes. And so when you force people to live in a smaller area, what do you expect there to happen? happen. Sure. So you squash people into that thing. And obviously, there's some other theories around what happened on the Cape Flats sure. and how the government tried to subdue that community by spurring on the drug trade and all that kind of thing. So if you add all of that together, mm. um, I think we just we're repeating that what you said, John. Yeah. I think we're repeating that same thing. Exactly. So in the past, we had the government moving people from one place to the other. And at the moment, it's the market. So we have market mm. forces yeah. that determine where people live Will in Cape Town. Wow. And so, so maybe just because I, I think we're aware of this, but I, I just I don't know everyone who's, who's listening is aware of this. Now, now the government there is a there's a requirement that if you are evicting someone, mm-hmm. you have to um, give them a chance or you have to provide alternative accommodation for them. Now, what is currently happening with those people who cannot find alternative accommodation? I don't know, Tristan, if you just want to fill us in a bit, so everyone's tracking sure. with us. So this has kind of been in and out of the courts recently. Um, but yeah, you're right. So the the, the lo- at least the city uh, yes. local government needs to provide alternative accommodation, mm-hmm. um, and I think there is a clause somewhere that speaks of the kind of accommodation that yes. needs to be uh, provided. It's the city of Cape Town has said the closest they can provide is somewhere like uh, Blockisdorp, which is on the edge of the city. So wow. uh, further than is a table view. So out that way. Um, and no, no, Blakistop is the other. Sorry, Blakistop is close is, to Atlantis or something. No, 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 Blakistop is out uh, more, going towards Balville, further, right. further, further, Alsis River, that kind of area. Uh, and oh. I, sorry, I was thinking about Volverifir. Volverifir is that side. 
That's um, past Malkbos. That's past Malkbos. That's past Malkbos. Yeah. And oh. so that's where they've said, and recently I think the court said that actually it is okay that the city put people there. Yeah. Um, but it's a place with no electricity, running water, no transport. No roads. Uh, no roads, no shops, um, no hospitals, nothing. There's nothing. Wow. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's what we're facing. Yeah. Um, and we, obviously some of the advocacy groups are saying, well, actually there is property closer to the city center uh, that that is vacant that's government owned wow. mm. either land or buildings and so there must be another way to do this, to this right yes so um we've kind of touched on this a little bit but i think it's, it's worth mentioning is that i recently heard you giving a talk where you're talking about gentrification and you spoke about you link gentrification to identity mm-hmm. um and um so together with that i don't know if you want to speak a little bit to that just explain that that that, that, that link as well and just maybe also, just speak a little bit about what, what is your your personal interest in gentrification? I think there's some link, but I think is yeah, you, you go for it. Okay, so I'll separate them and then... Okay, you separate them, divide and so, conquer. Yeah. And we know that one. Um, <laughs> the, so the thing about identity yeah. is if you... My interest or the way I'm thinking about gentrification is salt-driven, Woodstock-specific because right. that's where my relationships are. That's why yeah. I know people. That's mm-hmm. why I see people being mm-hmm. affected. Mm-hmm. And the majority of the people group in salt-driven, Woodstock is colored. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people take issue with that word. And I, I know there's a complexity around there, which we can talk about some other time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, what, what for me, with I'm a colored person and what I've seen happen in South Africa with colored people is that they've uh, lost their voice so they haven't found yeah. a place in this new supposedly new south africa that we have um, continue yeah the river, continue to be on the outskirts of decision making everything is always black and white mm-hmm. um, there's no space left for colored people in conversations around uh race mm-hmm. or, or making things right in the country and so when we take a group of people like that to have this fractured identity not sure where we fit in or right. what uh, when you take that and you add it to this thing that's happening, gentrification, which is displacement, um, then it causes some further issues. So mm. the mm. historic thing in Salt River and Woodstock is that um, as far back as when the colonialists first came, they aimed to build a wall between, I think it's the Salt River and the Black River. Mm. And they did that to exclude uh, the indigenous people from the settlers at yes. that point. Sure. And so I trace it back all the way to then, from those early times, people um, of that uh, culture and descent were told that they don't belong. They yes. shouldn't be wow. there. They should be somewhere else, excluded from mm-hmm. the space. And you can trace that all the way through to yep. the Group Areas Act. Mm. Um, and again, in District 6, there was a, you don't belong here, you should yes. go somewhere else. Sure. And so gentrification is just the same with that. It's, mm. You don't belong here. Because you can't afford it or whatever, yes, yeah. whatever the reason may be. This mm. is not for you. This is not for so you. So that urban renewal, this is not for mm. you. You belong somewhere else in the city. And so yeah. they, they push people out. And so I'm saying from an identity point of view for colored people, yes. that is so destructive. Mm. Um, wow. It just reinforces this thing mm. of colored people. You don't, don't belong, belong. Yes. You don't have a place. Yeah. Um, this is not for you. Yeah. Unless we need your votes. Unless we need oh, your votes. Oh, oh, we're going to go there. <laughs> so oh, we're going to go another, there. Oh, it's another debate. It's well, another bit. So yep. you used a phrase that, um, in the talk that I listened to, and you, and you said that you spoke about identification as a dislocations of dislocated people. Wow. And I just thought that, that was... That's powerful. That was very... Sure. That, 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 that kind of resonated with me sure. exactly. That's, as I've that's, heard, that's so powerful. I've heard my neighbors, I've heard people talk about District 6 mm-hmm. um, and, and just of, of the force removals all over Cape Town. Wow. We, we want to perpetuate this. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, this is a Khadija Yiga in a poem that I always read says, mm. Somewhere between here and there, between 1994 and the present, I was lost on the periphery of a South sure. African story. So, I, I mean, I think that summarizes in yes. one line what I think has happened to colored people. Right. Is mm-hmm. again, we, we taught that we don't have a history of struggle, that sure. we weren't part of that. You wow. can't now get the benefits of a new South Africa. Um, you know, it's that thing not black enough, not white enough. Yes. And colored people are wrestling with that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and then, and then you further you say to those people, well, you don't even have a place to live in the city now. Sure. Wow. Um, you should go live w- where we put you in the yeah, yeah. So whatever the thing yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, and so I think that it does come down to identity. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. But maybe that's also why, sorry, you asked the other question about yes. my interest. So my interest is because this is about people. Um, so I'm a Christian. Um, and so that's my, that's the main reason that I am interested True. in, um, gentrification because it affects people and their identity and it affects the image of God in them so everyone's created an image of God I think apartheid and colonialism has uh, rubbish that yes um, in Mm. people yeah and so that's why I care Um, I think we we call to love our neighbor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I I think we should ask that question about who's our neighbor in Cape Town yeah Uh, we need to we need to ask that question seriously Mm -hmm. yeah we need to really ask that question. Yes, yeah. well, I think in Cape Town the question is also who's your neighbor. So I think you know people. Someone yeah. came and asked Jesus about who's your neighbor, mm-hmm. and sure. then he, he tells that parable of the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. And so when you when I read that story, it's radical. It's something that's completely what you don't expect. I've heard people yes. talk about their neighbor as the literal person who lives next yeah, door yeah. to them, which is fine. Maybe that I've, makes I've sense people, in English. People, I've yeah. heard a guy um, actually say that my neighbor is my wife. Wow, <laughs> and they don't extend it any further than that. Keep it here. Yeah, that's 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 Yo. that's my neighbor. Well, it, it's interesting. It's because if you actually go back into some of this, the, the the apartheid and you go watch some of those 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 videos of I think it's uh, for Vut or Milan, and they actually use this this idea of separate development as an idea of neighborliness. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it's the so words good. they I use. Remember yeah. They I've use those yeah. words. Yeah. Yep. And so I think actually what has happened in using that language, South Africa has engaged in a systematic, intentional process of de-neighboring. Yeah. Wow. And part of that, part of that is, is we, we say who is worthy of being our neighbor. Yeah. And then in, in order to do that, we, we actually do the physical thing is we, we move the people who we think are not worthy of being our neighbor away from not only being our, if you want to say spiritual, social neighbor, we make sure they're not our physical neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. And that de-neighboring has happened throughout all society. Sure. Yeah. And, hmm. and it doesn't feel like we're learning. Yeah. Yeah. Does it feel like, we're, it doesn't feel like we're learning really? to me. Yeah. It feels like we're still trying to spiritualize it yeah. and not realizing that, that actually the spiritual effects is all, all these other dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to go on to a, to a different question now. Okay. Um, now. Here's my question. So here comes majority are white South Africans. Yeah, yeah. They come in and they say, they say something along this lines. Isn't this though just a case of market economics working themselves out? Mm. It, it's not personal. It's... It is not a bit. Is it not a bit uh, of an overreaction to say this is some kind of plot or scheme against colored people or poor people? Mm. You know, isn't this just a sort of new way uh, things are? Mm. Unfortunate, but true. Mm. What do we say to that? Uh, no, no, and and, it, that, and it, that's a that's a common thing people say. Huh? Sure, I heard it a lot. Yeah. 
So that's interesting. So I mean, first of all, I think we have to ask who, who says that the the issue of market economics is normative or yeah. which it is the way it should be. Mm-hmm. What if that whole system is wrong? Um, Does the market determine value? Is that what you can that's, So yeah. that's the thing about well, what about morality and things? Yeah. Um, mm. You know, is, is the market always just and moral mm. and, and that? And we need to ask those questions. If we are talking to Christian people, mm. then I think there's a whole other question that's at yeah. play here. Sure. Because we're in a whole different paradigm to this thing. Mm. So I was reading to you guys this verse from Isaiah mm. 5 um, earlier, which says, What sorrow for you who buy up house after house and field after field until everyone is evicted and you live alone in the land? Mm-hmm. That's from our faith tradition. And that's yeah. Isaiah uh, speaking into that's it's an injustice. It's outrageous. The, mm. the the title for that little thing is Judah's guilt and judgment. Yeah. And it just goes on and on about um, calling out yeah. um, wow. Judah. Mm. And so that's I mean, I think that we, we could argue about the context and things like that. Exactly. But if it was unjust, then then you yeah. need to prove to me why it's not unjust now. Mm. Um, <laughs> and and so wow. I think that's what. The I think gentrification at the moment in Cape Town is what happens when the market is left to itself. Sure. It's, the market is left to run the whole thing of who lives where. And should mm. we have that as yeah. a, the, whatever um, you know world class city that Cape Town says yeah. that it is? Well, surely a world class city should care for the most vulnerable. That's when the city really yeah, yeah. when the mm. most vulnerable and, people are taken care. And of. isn't that what we see in ancient Israel? I mean, we see in ancient Israel that God redeems His people mm. when He brings them into a land. He, I mean, he provides a means for people caring for each other. They might, uh, uh, a means for people to make income, for people to, 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 to earn a living. But also built into the law time and time again, hmm. we see this provision for the widows and the foreigner and the orphans. Yeah. We see things like the Jubilee, hmm. where it's, like, it's, it's something that's designed to break that cycle of intergenerational poverty. Sure. You've made stupid choices. Your family's been a victim of injustice. Something like that has happened. That's fine. Within... 50 years, their debts will be, or seven years, debts will be um, cancelled. Then 50 years, you'll have your land back. Now, the, now that's, that's and that's powerful. a means of well, providing for your basic human, um, just your basic human needs, really. Sure. So now, whether that's, no. we, we want to say that's literal mm. land in South Africa, I'm not quite sure we can go mm. right there. But it is saying in something like gentrification, like, mm. what does it mean for people to have the basic means to provide for their needs? Now, and speak, I, yeah. Speaking right into Woodstock, how yeah. does the old biscuit mill Yo. speak to that? Does it, act, does, it, does it speak to that problem? Does it, does, it, does it speak to the poor? Is it inviting to the poor to say, hey, open your store, join, be part. You are part of this community. We are coming in to, to help this community. Is it speaking to this community? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the, this is the thing is the no one, everyone wants, they say that again, everyone wants a nice neighborhood yes. and a nice biscuit mill where you can buy a pork belly sandwich. And that's not a bad thing. And a coffee. Everyone wants yes. that. The bad thing is that that thing is not for everyone. Yeah. And so it's not mm. even the jobs that are created no. there. It doesn't go back into the community. Wow. One yeah. street behind the biscuit mill is absolute yeah. poverty. It's the, the big Bromwell case that... Yes. Um, Reclaim City and Funakwazi and others have brought to the fore in, yeah. in courts and things like that. And so I'm saying, like, cool, let's have a nice city that yeah. looks, that works and things. But can that not be to the exclusion of the poor? Because yeah. that's, that seems unfair. And again, when we, when we hold up a Christian standard yes. to this, 
then we need to ask questions of ourselves. If we have the resources to go and be patrons at these places, yeah. you know, how are we spending the money? You know, should mm. we be feeding yeah. the whole thing? And and if you wow. if you're in a position to buy property in these neighborhoods, you know, what, what are you doing? Like? What does yeah, that yeah. look like? We need to speak to this. So things. what are your consumer choices? Wow. You have a power. Wow. And you may, you may feel like it's small, but if you're saying this is an unjust organization, whether whatever that is, I mean, we don't, we don't need to name particular, yeah. but you need to do the work. You need to think about it. And you say, Am, by this, am I loving my neighbor? What sure. is happening to my neighbor because of these choices, because of these things that sure, are happening? I just, I, just, I, just, I just want a, a nice sandwich. Mm. I, I mean, wh- what does a sandwich have to do with Jesus and me buying a sandwich, going past buying it at the old biscuit mill? I think that is where most, yeah. and I'm speaking across the board, I'm talking colored, black, white. Mm. Yeah. You get into the community, it's like, wow, uh, yeah. oh, there's nice Auntie, Auntie, Auntie yeah. Sarah is sitting there across the street with her fruit and uh, yeah. stuff made out of wood and old biscuit milk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I want value for money. Yeah. I'm not going to go to Auntie yeah. Sarah sitting there. I'm going to go to... Uh, Clearly you've never been to the biscuit milk. I'm going to get value for money at Auntie Sarah. That's all I'm saying. But, yeah. but, 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 but that's how people are... That's yeah, yeah. where people are thinking. They're thinking like... Yeah. And they get into the space. And we are saying that that needs to be challenged. And you need to think Christianly yeah, yeah. about, about yeah. this stuff. Jesus' economics has turned everything on its head. Sure. And so we need to say that the bottom line is not good enough. Mm. It's the bottom line doesn't determine value. And that's, I think you intimated it, Tristan, when you're saying about the, 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 the who made the market our moral compass? Mm. I mean, the market, mm. the, in one sense, the market is, I mean, we can debate different economic systems. We can say the market mm. is probably neither good nor bad. There's good and bad in every system. Yeah. But how do we, and there's better and worse systems, we can mm. have that discussion. Yeah. But the question is, with the system we have right now, how we do have power, we do have consumer choices, and we need to say, rather than just going with whatever the market is doing, yeah. we need to say, what does it mean to be a Christian within this system? Sure. And if that is appropriate to then say, how do we rethink a system? Mm. And, and it's, it's almost that, 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 that community within a community. So we were a Christian community uh, of salt and light, of, of loving and caring, saying the poor matter, of taking those Old Testament sure. laws and saying, what, what do they look like hmm. in this context? Mm. Because they are not just forgotten. Mm. They yeah. are part of, it's, it's a picture, it's a snapshot in time and space of the heart of God, sure. of the character of God. Mm. So what does that look like now when we take that? Yeah, some of those laws aren't applicable to us. They're not binding on us because of Jesus. But if we follow us of Jesus, what do we learn about God there? Mm-hmm. And how does that affect us here? And I think we start doing that. Yeah, yeah. It starts changing everything. Sure. Yeah, I think. It's, I mean, and part of the, the sandwich question as well is about your how you live out your theology. So, yes, you know, it, it's that question about like, is your is it your theology that will inform your economics or politics or the yes. other way around? Does yeah. your economics and politics inform your theology? Mm. So I think a lot of the time we've yes. done this thing where our politics informs our theological yes. views. Mm. And so that's why we'd say with some people with an issue like gentrification, it's like, no, that's a political thing. Wow. And actually yeah. the best thing we can do is to let the city develop and grow yeah, yeah. and accumulate wealth and then eventually it'll reach the people. And it's like, well, actually my starting point, my theological yes. starting point is about loving my neighbor. It's this immediate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and mm. it is often inward looking, you know, Jesus' thing about, yes. you know, before you're judging other people yes. yourself. Mm. And so we need to, we need to do that work. Yeah. We, need, we absolutely need, when we, and, and how far do you take this? How far does your theology inform For, your day to day life choices? 
I think we've separated those things yeah. often. Yes. Yes. So your theology doesn't inform Ooh. where you work, where you buy property, uh-huh. all of these things. And it's like, well, let's be honest, apartheid wanted us to do that. Absolutely. Because in a Christian country, we weren't supposed to ask certain ethical, political Absolutely. questions. Here's another one. How do you see the role of the church in all of this? So I think the church can do a few things. Um, I mean, I think, first of all, there's the, we just had the conversation about theology mm. and what the church teaches. So I think there is a thing about getting that right. Yes. And, and advocating for this is a gospel issue. It's not mm. a political issue. It's a justice issue. As soon as it's a justice issue, it's a gospel issue. Yeah. And, it, and it impacts how we live out the gospel in Cape Town. Mm. Um, some of the things we involved in at level ground is thinking about practical solutions to some of this. So we we dream of building homes for people. Right. So we're not building houses; we're building homes. Right. And I our like aim that. to be we're doing that because it's about dignity. Yes. And and we it's back to the image of God. Absolutely. Stuff. So we Can't want to preserve the image of God in people. Um, and decent housing is part of that. Mm-hmm. Decent shelter is part of that. Um, uh, Joel Shook has a quote that we've been using recently, which is affordable housing is one way to put a tangible and visible structure on love. No, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, so that well, explains the theology, mm, everything around mm. what we're trying to do um, is that. I think there's also a role for the church to be involved in advocacy at a city yes. level and at a national level. Right. Um, and so groups like Reclaim the City and in the, in the Funakwazi has done amazing yes. jobs at uh, advocating for those uh, people in these neighborhoods and right. elsewhere. This is a citywide conversation. Right. So it might be gentrification here, right. but in the townships is about uh, tenure exactly. and, and having houses for people right. there as well. Right. And so they're building this broad-based movement. Yes. And I think the church should support mm. that. I think we, it's a, in mm. many, in different kinds of ways. So some of the people coming to our churches will need help from organizations yes. like this. Mm-hmm. But I think we also have a platform in our churches mm. um, to, to fight for justice and to work towards the same goals that these people mm. are working yeah, yeah. towards. And so we need to, uh, we need to do that. And then I think um, a friend of mine, he said, I can, I can use this as my quote, but I don't know. He <laughs> says, part of our thing is saying that um, our protest must be the prophetic rebuilding of the city. Mm, so I well, think in great. the Bible, we have this amazing text that ends in a city, starts yes. in a garden, ends it's in a in city. city yeah. mm. And we, we must work towards that. What yeah. did the prophetic rebuilding right. of the city look like? You, I mean, you spoke about that Isaiah 65 mm. stuff earlier. And if you read that, it's an incredible picture. Yes. And so I think that's what our role is to work towards that. We must mobilize all the mm-hmm. resources at our disposal towards that end. I think yes. there's a there's a uniquely Christian contribution yeah. that, that is needed in the city of Cape Town. Yeah. Mm. So I am all for justice movements doing things. But I think we wouldn't be living up to the fullness of our calling if we don't act right in sure. the, the church. I'm talking about the, the church. If we don't act in this moment, yes, um, sure. I think we would not be living up to mm-hmm. what God's calling mm-hmm. us to. Yeah, yeah. You do. Are you guys doing something specific? And I know you're doing some fundraising around that. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about that, and um, mm-hmm. maybe just how how people could access that? Okay, so we we've kind of acknowledged that um, the problems are big. And we are small, and so we're going to start <laughs> with a, quite a small, immediate, practical action, which is trying to buy a house in Salt River, uh, which we will reserve uh, for uh, women in the community. Wow. So it'll be it'll probably affect three women in the community who are living in the most vulnerable okay. uh, situations because of not being able to afford to yes. live. Um, wow, so they're pretty much very on the practical. Street. That that is very practical. And so we're just dreaming, and so we, <laughs> we need to we need to raise um, 1.9 million rand to buy that house and yeah. then a bit more to renovate it we have until the end of february now we've got an extension so we okay. have until the end of february to raise those funds 
Um, and this is all to the glory of God. Right. This is like, you know, if we get this right, we know that God's in it. Right. And, and this create, is... Yeah. You create communities within that. Mm. Absolutely. And, and you you bring people to, to faith through that in, in, in that they see mm. this kind of... Yeah. What's good? What is this? This is this is selfless. This is incarnational. This is this is this is why are you doing this? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. 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 Let me tell you about Jesus. So this is making love practical. Yes. This is uh, this is about loving our neighbor in a very real way. Um, and so we open, and, and the other thing we open to achieve with that is that it's a prophetic statement to yes, say I think so. we are reserving a space in the community. And so we we're going to try and start there, and then we'll there's some bigger yeah. dreams yeah. Uh, that eventually will build bigger and bigger things. Okay. To, uh, and so sure. the biggest idea we have is around uh, just we in the process of putting in a bin uh, on one of the city sites mm. that's been released for affordable oh, wow. housing wow. and that's 300 units of social housing which sure. is way beyond what we can do yeah. so if this ever works out and people listen what to was that later, God then it's like yeah that, eh? it's absolutely god it's <laughs> yeah, got yeah. nothing to do with just, us you know? just tristan there's 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 a colored brother somewhere listening to this mm. or going to listen to this and he's going like dude i get five thousand four Three thousand rand a month, mm. but I hear this and I see this. I have family members. Yeah. I know friends. Mm. Some guy will say, "I know Brasa mm. <laughs> from Woodstock." Mm. How do I give my twenty rand towards this? Because yeah. I, I don't have much, but the Lord has given me yeah, yeah. something. I want to partner with this kind of ministry. How how do I mm. understand this as a colored person? How do I get behind this? How do right. I yeah. help with this? So I'd say open invite, let's engage. So get in touch with me somehow via you guys or okay. something. Uh, they are that is through Yellow Mess in Isimambana. Yes, that's, that's what you're right. saying. That's yes, what yes, I'm yes. saying, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, the, there is a, a way to contribute money in small amounts, right. small quantities at a mm-hmm. time through our Give and Gain page. Okay. So sure. if you go to Give and Gain and you search for Level Ground, you'll find us. We'll it's put all the gain. details on the uh, Twitter on the, feed yes. and on the bottom of this podcast uh, on the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and it's not just about cash resources. So yeah. we need prayer, lots of prayer. Um, sure. And we do of course, need, um, of course. if there are people with professional skills, we right. need that as well. well um, but we also just need a general community to yeah, come around. We, this is, a, this again, is a city-wide yeah. thing. Right. It's about the church in Cape Town responding Brilliant. to one of the big issues we're facing yeah. as a city. Sure. Yeah. Church, we've got work to do. Let's step up. Lots of work to do. That's it from us. Uh, thank you so much, Tristan, for for coming through. Yeah, um, thank you cool. for 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 all your insights, for your contributions, man. I was I was just encouraged by what you just said, mm-hmm. massively. Of course, guys, you guys who are listening, you can also follow us. Always follow us on Twitter at Yella Mensa. You can also check us out at uh, Isabombano uh, on our website www.isabombano.com, or you can search for us on Facebook. Uh, you can like our page, share, uh, um, argue our, with us even. Yeah, if you want to, drop me a personal message. Uh, oh. Listen, brag only for what I say. But the years here in my bro, Tristan, uh, where can we check you out for more stuff of your stuff? Uh, where can we follow you and get get hold of you? Uh, I am on Twitter. I'm Tristan Pringle One. Apparently, that's my uh, number one. Yes, there's only one number, of you. Yeah, there's one of me. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few of us. Tristan yeah. Pringle, but I, I don't post often. But you can follow me. And then our level ground stuff. You can the website is levelground.org.za, uh, and we have a Facebook page as well, which you can search okay. for Le- Level okay. Ground South Africa. We'll try to put all this information on the Twitter on the website, so you guys can get in touch and support. Uh, that's it from us. Check out our third episode late january is this the social gospel again